0: Well, out of the eleven years yeah. that I've been here, the the least safe I've ever felt was because maybe the taxi driver was going a little too fast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <other> than, <laughs> or, <yeah. laughs>
1: or in the wild animal zoo. Right.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I've never <laughs> been to the wild animal zoo, but I was in I was in Tibet uh, in in, in mm-hmm. Shizong, and we went up really high uh, to this place called mm-hmm. Luluang Valley. And this is a huge mm. valley. It's like a farm, kind of. It looks like, a, it looks like something picturesque out of a farm, but s- surrounding you
1: Natural are these
0: mountains, the, the Himalayas, that jut up into the sky mm. at like, angles you just you don't think are real. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a real place. Firstly, what's really beautiful about this, the whole entire um, region, mm. is that the sky doesn't look like the sky. I guess it's the altitude or something like in the United States or China, you look up and you're like, okay, the sky is blue. Cool. Right. But when I was as soon as I got to Laza, right, I look Mm -hmm. up and the sky looks like someone has removed the sky and put in a giant LCD screen over the world. It's so bright, isn't it? it, It's it's not just bright. It's bluer. It's like Mm. actually it's like the the, the saturation right when you're Ooh. messing with the blue color right. if you add a lot of saturation it becomes super blue that's what it looks like welcome to the bridge fun conversations on culture life and everything in between welcome to the bridge my name is jason and today with me is baby
1: hey jason how are you doing
0: I'm wonderful. It's starting to cool off in Beijing, which is lovely. And I just watched, I just looked at the weather forecast. It's going to, over the next two weeks, it's going to go down to 17 Uh, Celsius.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, is that like a comfortable level for you?
0: Uh That's like if I have the air conditioning the way I want it. So all I have to do now is open. windows and the house is perfectly tempered. That's like it's cold.
1: I'll have to like take no, no, out my no. scarf and everything. Yeah, well, you know, so, my
0: wife couldn't put on a sweater. That's fine with me. Okay, yeah. so I have embarked on a whirlwind plan to see all the provinces and territories of China, but so far I've only seen about two thirds mm-hmm. of all of China. Most recently, I—that's a lot—but there's a lot to go. Um, most recently, I spent mm-hmm. a week in Hangzhou, and the week before I was in mm. Hunan, and I'm going back to Hunan again actually later this month. Mm. This year, I've been to Xinjiang, Xizang, which is also known as Tibet, Inner Mongolia, Heilongjiang, Jilin, Liaoning, Hubei, Shanghai, Jiang. Shangxi, Sichuan, Hubei, and Chongqing, and in previous years, other provinces. And of course, I live in Beijing. So uh, there are still quite a few places I haven't been. I counted them this morning, and there are still 11 provinces or territories of China that I have not. Are you like leaving in a few years? (laughs) <laughs> you know that's what my boss keeps worrying about too she's like don't go don't I keep know, visiting china like, i'm like what i'm not i have no plan of leaving. after you <laughs> run out
1: of like provinces to visit because there are 23 like not that many but of course there are the five autonomous regions there are the special administrative regions and right. the municipalities but then you can start on all the cities mm-hmm. and then when you When you're like done with those, you can go to the counties and villages. Well,
0: that's an interesting idea, actually. Uh But mostly when I'm visiting a province, I'm visiting a few cities in that province. And most, so unless it's a very small municipality province like uh, Beijing, right? It's just one city, not much to see. Mm. When I went to Tibet, I traveled like 200 kilometers or something. I must have been in like a dozen cities. Mm. And I slept in, you know, like four or five different cities. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I got to see a lot actually. When I went to Xinjiang, it's so big. Oh my gosh, it's gigantic. So I didn't actually... Why did
1: you walk your way there? <laughs> so
0: I only got to see like, I don't know, half a dozen cities. And there's just so much to see that I could probably go back there 20 times uh, before I could mm. tick off like every major city or whatever so nice. here's the thing so, I, this comes from a, mm-hmm. an American mm-hmm. habit mm-hmm. I'm an American right we have a habit in America of wanting to usually this mm-hmm. is retirees you know, going to all 48, what we call lower states. So the 48, uh, you know, states that are all connected together. And uh, everyone wants to see all of them at some point, you know, or not everyone, many people. It's a common habit Mm -hmm. of a lot of Americans to want to go see America. And a lot of retirees get an RV and start crisscrossing America Mm -hmm. to see them all. Well, I don't live in America. I live in China. So I'm thinking... I want to see all of the parts of China, you know? That way I can, when people say, oh, what about Chongqing? I don't want to be that guy that, you know, I was six years ago. Is like, oh, what's that? I want to be the guy that's like, ah, I've been there. The food is spicy, (laughs) you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah right right well you've come a long I way do. then um do you have like a list
0: i have a map uh, like that a i fill checklist in of places you do i have a, a white map wow
1: it, it looks pretty yeah. impressive well,
0: I have a, a totally white map that i downloaded mm-hmm. a
1: little red flag i go
0: into paint mm-hmm. you know paint and i just f- click fill mm-hmm. and fill it with red if i've been there oh, for china
1: you mean like a digital map yeah very nice you can start like a log like a um what do you call it A blog? I don't want to you know on the places you visit. <laughs> I can't wait to ask. Like out of all these places you visit, oh, you visited in the past two years, like where which province, which city, uh, which region do you want to talk the most about? Oh
0: my gosh, I don't know. I don't I don't think that's an answerable question. I liked all of the different places and I I found them all fascinating. In different ways. Mm. And, uh, you know, were
1: people nice? Uh,
0: let me think. Everywhere. W- were people nice everywhere. Ooh, the good chance to rat on people who were not nice. No, everyone was cool. Everyone was <laughs> yeah. really nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I had exceptional moments with individual people where they were like, oh, either really positive mm-hmm. or not. But I wouldn't say that any mm-hmm. place felt like anyone was not cool. People were generally really nice everywhere mm-hmm. I went. I felt that there was a lot of variety. You know, this is one of the things I keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. China is obviously one place and everyone speaks... Mandarin for the most part. And uh mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there, the part, there are yeah. Chinese flags patriotically shown everywhere and there's uniformity around like Chinese New Year and time and all kinds of certain cultural key things. Mm-hmm. But there are also a lot of variety mm-hmm. between places that makes places very unique from one another. Mm-hmm. So it feels like, you know, what we're trying to get to is there's an idea in America when they look at China and they think China's like this, and then they make a like list. just
1: one piece. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah. A lot of people especially a lot of people from China Mm. who are like third generation will try to describe China, Mm. but they're usually describing China based on like their family. Exactly. Their family's perception and experience of China. But the reality of China is that there's not just one monolithic block of Everyone does this wears the same cheap mm. pao or whatever. Mm. Like it's there's a so much nuance and variety from one region to another. Yeah, that I have experienced.
1: So you've been in China for like
0: over a decade, right? Yeah, and this is what's embarrassing. I wanted to mention this too, baby, because for the first eight years I was here, I didn't have this itch. Mm. I only went to like Qingdao and Shanghai and a couple other places in Shandong, and then Beijing, and that's mm. it. And then a couple of years ago, I was thinking it was this 2019, and I was thinking wait a minute. Mm. I've been here how long? And I have not seen anything. And so I got this, like, I'm going to go the opposite Mm. direction and just see everything. Well,
1: um, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel ashamed because I've lived here for how long? Uh, I can't even calculate. (laughs) But I think by now you've probably been to more places than I have. Like the places I've been to, they were um, like mostly for work, like for work reasons. And sometimes like, you know, not too far uh, distance travel. But I haven't really made an effort to like just go see China or anywhere that I've lived because mm. I, I just I don't have that gene in mm. me. Not yet. Uh, maybe in the future, it's going to mm. be activated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, out of all these places, where do you want to start? <laughs> I want to hear your stories. Like, do you feel first? One question I want to ask is sure all these places you have been to, did you feel safe? Well, traveling yeah, there.
0: i felt safe everywhere that i was traveling sure you know? absolutely i don't i don't think i there was okay. ever a moment where i was um, like thought there was any danger no
1: well the reason i'm asking that is like <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have asked that question like three or five years ago but in the recent few years um out of all the uh videos a lot of videos i watched uh filmed by foreigners living in china mm. one theme they always talk about is safety mm-hmm. and that kind of um raise my awareness because that is not something I normally think about you know I, I think most of Chinese uh people kind of take this for granted mm. that you know we're supposed to live in a safe place, mm-hmm. but I've become more conscious of it because all the you know films the, the short videos that I've seen that made by foreigners, and I've realized that, wow, this is probably one of the most precious things about the country in which I live mm-hmm. um that it's safe mm. and mostly you know every place you go I mean they're like car accidents and things like that but in general you know when you go out but during the day or even at night you don't worry about being robbed or being chased after or even you know guns and stuff like that or even drugs Mm. things like that Mm -hmm. so um yeah I i wanted to know if that's how you felt out of all the places I've
0: been, well, to. out of the eleven years yeah. that I've been here, the the least safe I've ever felt was because maybe the taxi driver was going a little too fast. <laughs>
2: but uh, oh. than, <laughs> or,
0: <yeah. laughs>
1: or in the wild animal zoo. Right.
0: Well, yeah, well, I've <laughs> never been to the wild animal zoo, but I was in I was in Tibet uh in, in, in mm. Shizong and we went up really high uh to this place called mm. Lu Luang Valley. And this, this is a huge mm. valley. It's like a farm kind of it looks like a it looks like something picturesque out of a farm, but it's s- surrounding you
1: natural are these
0: mountains, the, the Himalayas that jut up into the sky mm. at like angles you just you don't think are real. I mean mm. it doesn't look like a real place. Firstly What's really beautiful about this, the whole entire um, region, mm. is that the sky doesn't look like the sky. I guess it's the mean? altitude or something. Like in the United States or China, you look up and you're like, okay, the sky is blue, cool. Right. But up at, when I was as soon as I got to Lhasa, right, I look mm-hmm. up and the sky looks like someone has removed the sky and put in a giant LCD screen over the world. It's so it's, bright, like, isn't it? It's it's not just bright it's bluer it's like mm. actually it's like the 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 saturation right when you're mm. messing with the blue color right. if you add a lot of saturation it becomes super blue that's what it looks like mm. i was with uh a chinese friend of mine wei ran and we were looking up and both of us were like you know jaw dropped trying to use our words to describe this thing we were seeing, which is the sky. Mm -hmm. But it did not look like the sky anywhere else in the world. It was profoundly more rich with blue. It's like somebody
1: had adjusted the coloration of the screen.
0: It was amazing. It was really beautiful. So I'm in in Lulong Valley. Mm -hmm. It's 36 hundred meters so some people there are literally not too bad gonna pass out mm. it's it was really high some mm. one woman almost vomited and they had to administer oxygen to her while we were there mm. but i i they said oh go out and just play you know go do whatever you want for a while mm-hmm. we're gonna just park here mm-hmm. okay and so i i slowly exited the vehicle because you're not supposed to <laughs> exert yourself and i i slowly right. walked around in this huge field and there were just like yaks And like horses, Mm. wild horses, wild yaks, wild goats, just kind of, you know, walking around doing whatever they want. And there were some horses having like Mm -hmm. a fight, like two male horses Mm. having like a fight for a female horse. And I got a little too close. And one of the male horses was looking (laughs) at me. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. No, I'm not interested. (laughs) I'm done for. And there's no way I can like run away. You can barely walk when you're at this altitude.
1: Yeah, it's so, it's going to be hard to run always. away from a wild horse if he's after you. It's probably better to, just to stay still.
0: Well, I mm. decided to just slowly back away until mm-hmm. like move. I was far enough that I could turn and walk. And I just left. And fortunately, the horse didn't take an interest in.
1: Oh, were you disappointed? <laughs> you, in no. Tibet. You went to the like the wilder parts of Tibet and also Lhasa. Uh, any other
0: places? Well we landed in Laza for an expo actually. Mm. I went to uh international like tourism expo in Laza. There was I don't know hundreds of people there. Yes. And after the expo we went to a city called Linger, mm. which is where oh. the sub which was where the high speed rail stops so if you take a high-speed rail from mm-hmm. China, from beijing mm-hmm. then you end up in in uh linger mm-hmm. but we went and we stayed in a hotel there and then the next day we went to Bo- Basum Tso. Mm-hmm. i have to translate this because in tibetan tso means lake so it's technically Basum lake, lake in okay. english mm-hmm. and it was beautiful like jade colored Uh,
1: I know the color you are talking about. It's uh, I've been to Tibet for work. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that was several years ago. And my impression of my stay there, it was a little bit surreal because I remember I think it was for a week or 10 days, maybe just a week and everything. It was so bright. Mm -hmm. Like I I could hardly keep my eyes open for long Mm. because it was just so bright. I don't even remember Mm -hmm. like the color of the sky because I don't think I even looked up uh, to look at it. Because it was just blinding, <laughs> and luckily, um, I did take the um, the Tibetan medicine that I told you about. Right, it's like the herbal medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I
0: forgot. You're the one who told me to take all that tea that I kept having to take all the time.
1: Right, it, it, you take it like a week before you go there, mm-hmm. so it helps with the um, oxygen level to raise your oxygen level in your blood. And I may have. Uh, I think I did take too much, <laughs> so I. I remember my coworkers; they did have problems mm, um, mm. at that high altitude. Some need like to stay in bed and get extra oxygen. I was like, "Ooh, what a nice place!" I, I was like the other officer, I was like, um, "What? Do you, there's a, a condition where you get intoxicated with oxygen." <laughs> I was like, "Maybe mm. I'm a little bit on the other side of the spe- spectrum." And it was so mm. bright, it was so dreamy and i was eating all the time it was it was beautiful and so everywhere just as you said it was like the um the pixels or the what do you call it like um the clarity of the film Mm. suddenly became um more precise
2: Mm, mm. what's
1: what's the term for that i don't know where focus like it's more everything is okay. brighter and more in focus mm. it was just like as if i had a new tv like in which through which i could view yeah, this world. it was very beautiful. and we i remember eating the local yogurt and we which was really thick and they give you like a thick layer of sugar mm. and other things i remember like we went to this beautiful lake and i can't you Know all my life, I've never seen that color in a lake. I've never seen the lake of that color. Let me put it this way mm. it was literally the color of mm-hmm. uh certain minerals. I think the word for it in English is mm-hmm. turquoise. Yeah, that's how I would say it
0: may have been the same lake. Was there a, I've seen a series of rivers and waterfalls nearby as well?
1: No, but I've only like when you went to one spot of that lake, it was really high mm. and I was okay, like in Lhasa and everywhere. But when we hiked up to that lake, I was you know, having a little difficulty breathing while I was walking around. Mm. But the color of that lake, when I walked up there, like to one of the higher points, I literally froze. I couldn't believe it because it was literally like a belt, like a jade belt, uh, the color of that mineral, like turquoise. Mm. So Mm. I was like, maybe like under that water, it was just like a riverbed filled with these kinds of minerals,
2: Mm. uh, Mm.
1: which they would use in paintings, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, back, back in the days, it was stunning. It was Mm. stunning. Like it was color of blue was denser than, than the sky. Um, you know, I, I, I still have pictures of that, but standing there by yourself, like in reality and taking that all in, it's just another experience. It was definitely worth it.
0: It was very lovely. Yeah. Um, we were uh, we also went on this road that has only been around for a few years. They finished all these tunnels, so before I guess they had mm-hmm. had to go over these gigantic hills. You saw the mountains; right. they're in, they're insanely uh, <laughs> vertical, and there are va- valleys between them. But they had they have built these mm-hmm. huge tunnels that you can drive mm-hmm. through the straight through the mountain now. And so we went to this place called mm-hmm. 380, which is Highway 380, and we went up to see mm-hmm. what are they called glaciers. And when we got up to, to the height where there are glaciers, you could see how big and why they're so profoundly important to mm-hmm. water flow. And we were there for a while. And what was really neat was that this one we went to is called a traveling glacier. It doesn't actually travel, but it moves a lot more frequently than a lot of other glaciers. Mm-hmm. So while we were there...
1: Is it because it's melting or it, it just it, moves? Well,
0: it's... it's increasing the amount of water because there are clouds around it all the time that are adding mm-hmm. water to it mm-hmm. liquid water and and gas is actually accumulating on it so it's actually melting into this lake bed that we were looking at at the same time so occasionally mm. there's a uh an avalanche and while we were there we're really far like so far you're like looking at it like maybe five kilometers away uh, across the lake but it's gigantic and it actually there was an avalanche while we while we were there we got we caught on film which was really cool wow
1: that that's amazing
0: you see it move Mm. and then you hear a boom after and then jason screams (laughs) <laughs> but I
1: remember you were talking about how the hills and the mountains were vertical. I remember um, my experience because I think we were either we were going somewhere, maybe it was going to that lake and the car we were in was just uh, zigzagging, you know, on the side of the uh, the mountain mm. and we were so high up and also we were so close to the edge mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. way. I was so scared. <laughs> like we were, the, the, the road wasn't really wide. And if the driver dozed off or, you know, for one moment, his mind was somewhere else. I was so scared of just all of us falling down. Yeah, So much that I chose to just close my eyes. It was kind of a moment. Of,
0: you know, <laughs> if I'm going to fall off the hill, I don't want to see it happen. <laughs>
1: because it was, I was so stressed. You know, I was so worried that I was like, my, my fists were clenched. Hmm. And I decided that sometimes you just have to, leave the responsibility in someone else's hands because it wasn't. Right. When you're not
0: driving, there's, there's not much you can <laughs> so do. It was, actually, was in terror. <laughs> it
1: was actually a philosophical moment for me. It was from that point on that I learned that if it's out of your control, maybe you should just not worry about it at all. And so I closed my eyes for a while and, you know, tried to hope that I, because we could all just stay alive and get to our destination. And after a while, I calmed down a little bit. And I'd open my eyes, and I saw these yaks, you know, standing mm. on the side of the hill. Like,
0: yeah, that was my experience too. There, are yaks everywhere there. But the
1: thing is, they they, they are huge animals, right? They're pretty mm. heavy, supported on their little hoofs, which are not that big. But because the hill or the mountain, you know, whatever you call it, were so vertical, mm. they were standing on the side of the mountain in a vertical way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were trying yeah. to just stay on it, and it was. For me, I thought it was an acrobatic kind of ability because they are huge. They're not like ghosts that are light, right? They can jump from rock to rock. They were just Mm. trying to stay on the side of the uh, mountain and eat the grass, which uh, it wasn't like tall grass. It was just like a very, mm, like not so thick of a layer, like a thin layer on the ground. It looks you know, like that to me. So I remember those Mm. yaks, they were pretty calm. I don't think they were, you know, worried about falling off. I was in a car. Um, and I remember that view so clearly. And the, and the grass it was so green. Every color was mm. so saturated, as you, as you said. But uh, luckily, we reached our destination and uh, everything was fine. I think the drivers are really experienced. So mm. no worries.
0: Well, I think what's important for a, when we're before we move on to another area of China is that it's easy to go, for, especially for Chinese folks, just go there. So anyone who wants to can just go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to Laza. You can go travel. So there's a lot of tourism from all of the other parts of China to xizang to mm-hmm. t- Tibet. So... Uh, I think that's something that's not commonly understood by Western folks. And, and also, if you're a Western person, you can if you apply for a group tour, mm-hmm. you can go there. So there's a, this misconception by Western folks that they can't go there. That's not true. You mm-hmm. can't just go go there, but you can apply for a group tour and you can in fact go. But and I also, wanted to move on to. Oh, go ahead.
1: Wait, just a, a few tip. So sure. I heard that it's better if you go by train. Because you get adjusted mm-hmm. to the higher altitude along the way. Let's yeah. say you were going to yeah. Tibet from Beijing. Instead of taking a flight, which lasts, well, it will take a couple hours because I think you need to stop in, was it Chongqing or another? like?
0: Uh, no, we didn't stop. We flew straight from Beijing oh, you to Lhasa. Oh, from
1: Beijing? Okay. So yeah. you have shorter time to adjust to the ha- high
0: altitude. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also. And, 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 uh, way and the
1: view is, is Got nice really sick too. and had to leave. And also um, take some of that herbal medicine. It's called Hong Jing Tian. But this is not an advertisement. It's just for people who are planning to visit. I think it really helps a week before you go there.
0: Well, if I could add to that, because I think it was only me and one other person that didn't get sick. Mm. So I think what we did here in Beijing uh, the week before, mm. my wife and I, there's a mountain here called Phoenix mm-hmm. Mountain. And we it's about... It's not that high, but it's about half as high as we were going to go. It's about thirteen or 1,400 meters here okay. in Beijing. So we hiked it the week before mm. so that I could get used to a little bit of altitude. <laughs> and also I could get the cardio... Because it's a lot of people mistake. It's not about being fat or thin. Mm. That's a misconception that people mm. have. The problem is people who are out of cardiovascular shape versus people who are in cardiovascular mm. shape. So by hiking that mountain, which took like four hours to to the top and four five hours wow. down i was prime. my cardiovascular system was ready and so i got there i was fine and other people were just like you know a, a couple people had to oh. leave day two day three they had mm-hmm. to leave and a couple other people were like on oxygen for the most of the rest mm. of the trip so i would also say you know go jogging at a high altitude or go hiking or something get yourself in shape Plus a four. week or two before right. you go to a high altitude and also kids yeah if you're just a what what do they call it sedentary you you know you just sit around most of the time like me y- you're not going to be able to do well
2: <laughs> <laughs> i
1: was okay though i, I had that. a lot of fun and also for kids like younger kids it's not recommended for kids to go because i think their lungs are, might not adjust but you know I, i'm sure oh. um these uh companies tour groups will tell you and also when you do research i think these information <laughs> they're all available so yeah okay anyhow move on xinjiang Can we talk because I have not been to Xinjiang. But I've seen videos, I've heard so much about it. Well,
0: I wanted to say a couple things before we get started. The same thing about like Shizang is that Xinjiang, Mm -hmm. you do not need any special permission to go there. This is a misconception in the West. So if you have a visa to come to China, you can go there. You just book a flight Mm -hmm. you're there. No problem. You can go anywhere you want. Uh, We have a friend of the show named Fernando, and he drove around Mm -hmm. in an RV with his wife for three months all over everywhere. So Mm -hmm. if you want to go, go. So... We landed Why
1: would people think they need something to like? Why why would people think they can't go just? To a There's
2: a
0: lot of uh, disinformation and misinformation about China. Many aspects of China. This is one of the pieces of disinformation, misinformation that floats around on the web, on Twitter, on Instagram, mm. on YouTube. That is uh, said that oh, no one can go there. You know, mm-hmm. but that's, that's not true. It's because patently not true. Literally, every foreigner I know who lives in China has been there.
1: Wow, because it's one of the most popular. Tourist destinations. I mean, it's huge. I mean, different parts in Xinjiang. The
0: north is the north. The north is a popular mm-hmm. tourist destination because it's full of like valleys mm-hmm. and rivers and waterfalls, and it's beautiful. The south, mm-hmm. if you like deserts, it's beautiful because it. they have this huge mm-hmm. desert called right. the Taklaman Desert, oh, and that's where I went for work. And uh, so we landed in uh, mm-hmm. Urumqi. And we hung out there for a couple of days and we went to bazaars. And I w- so
1: please tell me about the food that you tried there.
0: Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about the people before I get to the food. Okay, sure. So there's also okay. misconceptions that a lot of people are, you know, uh, I don't know what's the right term homogenized in a way and they're all very modern and I found yeah there were people there's a firstly there are a lot of different ethnic groups there so you have Mm -hmm. Turkmen people and Uyghur people and Afghan people and you have uh, Han people all living side by side so one of the Mm -hmm. we went to a bazaar and I'm going to come back to the bazaar because that's where all the yummy food is but Mm -hmm. I was with this local gentleman and I said hey can we go somewhere else I want to see like where do people go it was like evening right just as the sun was setting he drove us me and a couple other friends that were with me a few blocks and we went to like a a square I think it's like the people square Mm -hmm. the workers square something like that and In the square were maybe a 1,000 people, maybe 2,000 people. And Were they praying? No, no one was praying. Everyone was dancing. It was all Dhamma groups, huge Dhamma (laughs) groups. Some of them were like 10. Some (laughs) of them were as many as 50 people all dancing. And Mm. there were like, I don't know, 20 or 30 different sets of people dancing. And so you had like, you know, Mm -hmm. the old people who were like doing their like, Cha-cha and all the fancy Western dances which, that you see in Beijing. And they also had like mm. people doing like pop dancing, and they were like all dressed in uniforms, different ages. And they had local mm. peoples. So there was like a Turkmen dance place with like local Turk music, nice. and then they had a you know Uyghur music place where people were playing Uyghur music and dancing. The to... we so I was standing in the center of the square, like trying to film capture this with my junky qu- camera on my phone camera and just just <laughs> mm-hmm. shocked like all these people all these different ethnic groups all these different ages of mm. people all enjoying themselves all together in the square it was really quite touching Anyways, back to
2: the
1: you know i just wanted to say that for i'm um, a han chinese right and um, mm-hmm. over like 90% of chinese are the uh, han chinese mm-hmm. So, um, but we do have 56 ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. So besides the Han ethnic group, there is like 55. Mm-hmm. And the Han people, we have always been envious and jealous of other ethnic people's ability to sing and dance. It's like they all have their own uh, unique style of dancing and also their own like customs or uniform, not uniforms, but they're like custom dresses, mm-hmm. you know? But mm-hmm. like you go to Xinjiang, the local, um they have their special dress with their little hat right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for females when they dance some of them will have a veil in front of their face it's just so beautiful mm-hmm. but as han people <laughs> whenever it's like festival time or occasions like um you know the new year festival where you watch the tv like the gala on tv it's always we, we say that it's always the Han people clapping for the other ethnic groups because mm. we don't know how to like we don't have a special dance of our own.
0: I don't think I don't think that's true. And they
1: have all have their own special dancing and singing, but you know they have a style. unique
0: Han people the have the walk backwards oh, and wave your oh. arms exercise, land yourself on a
1: tree, <laughs> and like the whip and everything. But these, these are like weird ways of exercising, well, you know, not dancing. They actually have their own style, you know, their own music and mm. and every time we see them dance. We were like oh i wish i could do that like when you go to tibet right they have their style of dancing mm-hmm. um with their open mm-hmm. arms and every like gesture are really open and then um when you go to xinjiang the local people their dance a lot of twirling involved uh, at least for the females and then their dress would open up like uh you know the, the flower petals it's, so, it's just so mes- mesmerizing and it's us Han people just watching and hoping that we could do the same.
0: <laughs> you know, the, the uh, I got to say, if we're going to... Who, which ethnic group was doing what dancing? You guys were doing a lot of pop dancing, you know, like okay, you know, pop dancing, hip hop, uh-huh. like contemporary music kind of style. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so yeah, there were there were Uyghur people who were dressed in both traditional attire and like jeans mm-hmm. and t shirts playing basketball. I see. You know, anyways, so back to the bazaar, the the food in the bazaar was uh they had a lot of heads of animals oh. there that were the whole head is being of like a pig or like i'm not not a pig i'm sorry of mm. goats and other animals like that there were goat mm. heads but they were also chua mm. so like right, you know right. you here in beijing you get these little small t- bits of meat on a stick but there they actually use a branch of a mm. tree oh as the stick and the hunks of meat are as big as your thumb each one uh, One time um this was a, like a family trip
1: and i think we went to somewhere in inner mongolia and it was like in the in a desert but it was a touristy place there was a whole area built for tourists and that was the first time i had a like kebab thing right try as you said mm-hmm. That was on a yeah. branch. It was on a, a tip, like it was um, not just any branch. Maybe the branch, like the tree of the branch, uh, the branch of the tree had a certain flavor to it, certain fragrance to it, mm-hmm. and there were like huge chunks of meat. I'm swallowing <laughs> as I'm talking about this, and it was roasted right on this branch, and it was so yummy. And the even though the meat, like the chunks, were big, but it was easy to chew. Like the meat was very very tender. And that was a time when my daughter fell in love with char, but I don't think we had anything close to that after we, you know, came back to Beijing. The ones we had here, I mean, they're also good because they're roasted meat, but it wasn't as juicy and tender and flavorful as the one we had mm-hmm. um, in in that desert place in Inner Mongolia. Mm-hmm. So I. Probably that's something you had in Xinjiang. Mm.
0: Well, another thing I wanted to mention, and this is in the bazaar, but this is also something I saw every day because we went south into the desert every mm-hmm. for the whole trip. We went to Hotan and we went to Pishon and a couple other places near Afghanistan, actually.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: the there was a constantly the same drink wherever we went that people drank, especially when it was super hot, which mm-hmm. is camel milk that had been fermented into oh. yogurt mixed with shaved ice and sugar and it was it was delicious.
1: You know, I'm I'm okay with the milk and ice and sugar, but camel camel milk?
0: <laughs>
1: Wait, yeah, we used to, yeah, that's good. Uh. What you know, we, keep-
0: I also bought camel milk snacks and brought them back to my coworkers when I got back. from. I got. I wanted to buy them on the trip because I had them, uh-huh. these camel milk snacks, which are like fermented little candies, mm. and they're just delicious. But uh, I ate them all. Does it and taste so weird that,
1: <laughs> you ate them all before you got <laughs> I home? I ate them all. Oh, God. You know,
0: so I got to the airport on the way out. I <laughs> bought four big, huge bags of these, mm-hmm. two to give to my wife and two to s- disperse to my coworkers because they were so good it was like a i don't know maybe 100 rmb a bag at the airport on the okay. way out it, uh, it was it was yummy wait does oh, it but taste, we went everywhere wait,
1: did it take weird in any way like did it taste like milk it exactly? does
0: it just or no of course not it, it was definitely it was a slightly more tangy than tangy? uh cow milk tangy okay okay it was or maybe it, was I'll give it a try. you have to try it yeah it's mm-hmm. a little tangy go out there yeah take a trip but what yeah, one man. as an american one of the things that we are told is that oh everyone is ma- made to only communicate in mandarin so i want to assure people that this is not true when we were driving uh we went everywhere These are everyone by drive
1: for me to hear yeah. about, like, you're not, you can't go to Xinjiang or you have to speak Mandarin. What? Where did you guys hear okay. about this?
0: <laughs> this is commonly uh, said stuff in the West online and stuff. Anyways, I want to make a, an important point. So from when I arrived to when I left, mm-hmm. because I was in the south of Xinjiang the whole time, every sign that I saw was at least bilingual in Chinese and Uyghur. Sometimes it was trilingual Mm -hmm. in Turk and in uh, Chinese and in Uyghur because there's two different Arabic scripts there. Mm -hmm. So you'll see the same street sign Mm -hmm. and it'll be the street sign will be in Chinese and it will be in Uyghur. And sometimes the same street sign will be in another Arabic script, which is Turk or Uzbek, depending on which local uh, minorities lived in that particular area. Menus, bilingual. Elevator signs, bilingual. Everywhere you went, everything, uh, products in the store, right, in the grocery store or in the in shops, bilingual. Mm. I mean, some of them were not, like Coca-Cola was just in Chinese, I think. Anything made in that area was bilingual. So this is a misconception that folk, folks in the West have. is it, People were speaking in Uyghur. People were speaking in Uzbek. People were speaking and Turkmen people were speaking and mm. and in and, and Chinese mm-hmm. and, and you know Mandarin. So <laughs> poor Jason. I, I just I think this yeah. is an important point to to drive home because this is a common misconception that Westerns, Westerners have about some parts of China. The same lies or the same misconceptions uh, misinformation are said about Mongolia, Inner Mongolia. Mm-hmm. That Inner Mongolia, oh, they all, they can only speak Chinese. So, that's not true. I went to Hohat, next place to talk about, and uh, when I was there, which is the capital of Mongolia, uh, we were listening to the radio and taxis and the radio and taxis was in Mongolian. Mm-hmm. And then everything was, of uh, the restaurant signs and the street signs they were bilingual Mm -hmm. in mongolian and in in chinese so sometimes they were english too so the whole idea is you know china allows all of its minorities uh, look at the this is an important point Mm. to really drive this point home because i think it's really important is that look at the back of chinese cash which no one uses anymore but Mm. it still exists it has what four or five different languages of minorities on the back of it so
1: right and Pinyin. i think I haven't looked at cash for a long time. Me
2: too. But I think they are
1: there. But I was thinking, poor Jason, you know, with all these signs, with all these languages on these signs, and poor Jason can't read any of them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but I could take pictures. I took a ton of pictures. Okay. So uh, Mongolia. Now, my wife and I went there together as like a vacation. And I was, we were one. It's so dry. It was so dry. I've been to yeah. Mongolia. It was, I, I have no, to I say, know. people were really nice. And there was a lot of modern infrastructure. We found malls and Starbucks, all this the same stuff that you find anywhere. Mm. Just like mm-hmm. I could find it in Laza too. But also, oh, by the way, there's tons of pizza huts in, in Tibet. Just to note nice. that on the side, mm-hmm. there's pizza huts everywhere. Uh, but anyways, mm. one thing we found was cool is in Beijing you can't rent electronic uh, scooters I don't know why you can't rent them they have them in
1: Beijing you can't yeah you
0: you have them in Beijing yeah but you can't Rent mm-hmm. them like you can rent the Ofo right and the Meituan bikes, mm-hmm. but they're just pedal bikes. But what's cool about Hot is that in Hot they have electric bikes everywhere that you can just scan a QR code and jump on. So Summer and I were zooming all over that city on electric bikes, was was we've wow thought was a lot of fun actually. So
1: you don't need like some kind of tutoring <laughs> to drive one of those. I've never driven one of those, oh, really? and uh, I can bike a little bit, yeah, but not like electric electrical uh, don't you need a license, not some kind of training before you can use it? Like for safety reasons? Do you just go on the road and start zooming around? You figure
0: it out in like a few minutes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> within like two <laughs> or three minutes gone <laughs> you have like, you know, acceleration, deceleration, <laughs> brake, turn. You know, it's it's all there. Maybe because
1: it's a lot more spacious in inner Mongolia, like than let's say in Beijing. Mm um which is a lot more crowded mm-hmm. but that's yeah I don't I don't see f- like rentable motorbikes here in Beijing no but people have motorbikes oh,
0: right. the lots of people who have e-bikes mm-hmm. in Beijing but you can't not that i know of there may be special Mm -hmm. places but they were everywhere they were ubiquitous like everywhere you went you saw them so we were just like zoom 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 it saved a lot of money on taxis plus it was a heck of fun no that's true not very friendly on your skin though we also went to exposed in the sun yeah i guess so we burned everywhere i burned everywhere i went i mean when i was in in Mm -hmm. all three of the places that we've talked about so far Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you're listening to the bridge
0: We don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to have to run through the rest a little faster.
1: Okay. You you are not running. You are riding a e-bike everywhere.
0: <laughs> I got to go to Harbin, nice. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And what I found out was that I learned a lot of history by going to Harbin because mm-hmm. we went up there and found out there used to be in 1920, the statistics were... There were 300,000 residents of Harbin. 100,000 of those were Russians. Mm. 20,000 of those were Jewish. Mm. So we went to a synagogue, which is one of the first synagogues I've seen in China. So that was really cool. And it was also a, a concert hall. Mm-hmm. So and and they had really good Cappuccinos there, by the way. Uh so we got to see all we also got to see a um Russian Orthodox church called Saint Sophia, Ooh. which is one of the highlights of that I of going to Harbin, going to Dongbei was this huge, beautiful, like uh cathedral russian Mm -hmm. cathedral Mm -hmm. um and we went to a couple of the ambassadors residences and we went on a cruise on the river harbin is very cool we went in the middle of the summer when it was like super hot Mm -hmm. and it was about the temperature it is here now nice
1: did you ever go there in the winter time not yet for the harbin ice festival haven't gone it was it's fun it's fun i was gonna go
0: last year but they wouldn't let me it's
1: gonna be minus like 25 or minus 30 celsius Mm. That's a mm. whole new experience. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, this is what happened: is uh, I got COVID along with most everyone in the mid-December. Oh, when everything opened up, mm-hmm. and then I went I, as soon as I got better, a couple weeks later, I was like, "Aha! I'm ready. Let's go to Harbin." Mm-hmm. And my wife and my and my my boss they conspired to say, "Jason, mm-hmm. you shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. What if you get sick? And then you get you you." So I that they would not let me go okay and so yeah. i'm gonna try to go this next year
1: i've been to Harbin. so you went for the ice festival yeah during
0: during the ice festival yeah
1: but my experience there is um because when you go there you think oh this is the coldest one of the coldest places in china but the whole trip i was like beyond warm i was like hot because we were so ready we got so ready that we had thick like um damn jackets right even like thick pants uh layers of them And wherever you go, Mm. uh, when you go indoors, it's really warm. Mm. It's like 26 or even higher Celsius. And the food there, it's so nutritious and huge pots bubbling just right on the table. So we were really well fed. And also everywhere inside, like the heat is up way high, like in the summertime. That's why they wear like a t-shirt inside. And then when we go out, when they go outside, they have this like huge down jacket. So the whole experience i did not feel cold at all but they say that if you go out do cover up your ears because uh after like 20 minutes they may freeze. Yeah,
0: i enjoy you having cover. ears
1: <laughs> yes yeah, so and they <laughs> might fall off without you noticing it because they're like you know slowly frozen over but i think this is um a good idea for winter time because the ice uh ice sculpture festival it's not something you can see anywhere Else easily now
0: yeah, we kind of we, we kind of cheated because we were coming back down from Heilongjiang, which is where Harbin is, and so mm-hmm. we went to Jilin for three days and Liaoning for three days, mm-hmm. and then we, just, we so we just kind of pit stopped in them. So nice. we, I got to count them, but I, I technically probably need still need to go back to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also I've been to Shandong more than ten times. My wife is from Shandong, mm-hmm. so we went to Chufu, which is Confucius's like Home hometown. hometown. Where mm-hmm. he, yeah. yeah, and we went to Qingdao. Which is a sea kind of city in China. And I've been to Yantai, and it's
1: very relaxing. Yeah, Qingdao has a really good Qingdao has a really nice reputation as a place where you can go, like just visit or retire and relax. Um, I've been there, I think once, uh, one summer, and the whole atmosphere yeah. which is just very relaxing. And it was close to the sea, so it's a place uh, where you go for nice views, mm-hmm. and also there is the mountain. Mm. There's the Lao mountain um, and I had fun climbing it. So that's one popular choice. I'm
0: going to try to sweep as many really quickly, just really within one minute. Sure. So I, I, we went to, we went to Chengdu, Sichuan. We also went to Leshan, where this is giant Buddha mm. and had all the yummy food and stuff. And then we went to Chongqing and had all the yummy food and stuff. We went all, all to the cool, the cool places where you see everyone always showing Chongqing online. Mm-hmm. We went to Taiwan, I don't know, uh, five, six years ago. And I've been to Hong Kong three times Nice. and Tianjin mm-hmm. and Hebei. But one thing that really stuck out out of my mind that I went to this year is we went to Jiangxi mm. and we went to a place called Jingdezhen. That's where all the Jin Jingdezhen-
1: uh, with the blue patterns, that's where they're made,
0: right? We went to a couple of museums there. Mm. And uh, what we what I learned while I was there was there were four ancient kiln cities in China where mm. porcelain was blasted because it was by imperial decree. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like porcelain. Make lots of it. Open it in these cities. Mm. All of them did well. But Jingdezhen became like the center of porcelain. Right. So what was really cool, and this is why I, if you're coming to China for a visit, why I would recommend it is... Everywhere you go, there are porcelain shops where you can buy insanely well artisan made porcelain for prices you can't believe are real. Like what? Because it's all made right there by people Mm -hmm. all over the city all the Mm -hmm. time. If you want to, if you're really into porcelain, because a lot of Westerners are, they want that tea set that's from China. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a mark of like, uh, my mom, for example, she has a cabinet and in behind the glass, Mm -hmm. there's a Chinese porcelain set. This is like a mark that she has one of those things that means she's part of the middle or upper class so if you need if you like things that i'm just
1: here for show instead of you know, I'm using them for dinner. Right. They're so, yeah, man, they're usually quite beautiful.
0: Porcelain is considered so uh, elite in, mm. in the West because we, we had to import it all the way from China. Right. But if you want to, and you're coming to China, go to Jingdezhen and then just stock up on tons and tons of porcelain because it's insanely affordable there. And it's, there, it's the best.
1: Were there little shops where you can actually go make some yourself?
0: Uh, well, yeah, they have that in Beijing too. If you yeah. want to make porcelain, I can tell you where to go.
1: But it's different. If you go make them in Jingdezhen, you'll have your own custom and made jingdezhen like tea set i sat
0: down at one of those spinning plates and tried Mm -hmm. and it was the one of the worst experiences of my life what
1: do you mean (laughs) did you like because the people who
0: are good at that Uh the people who are good at that they told me it takes them at least five years to get good at it Uh so they gave me a lump of clay Uh and i turned it into apparently it became unusable is what they said that. After I had manipulated it for too long, they said it. they had to discard it. <laughs> so then they gave me...
1: Well, if it's unusable, then it has become art. No, it became, your own it became artwork. trash.
0: <laughs> and then they gave me another another oh. piece and they were like, just make something really simple. And then I destroyed that one too. <laughs> after I destroyed the second oh. lump of clay, and it had been about two hours, I oh. gave up and decided this was not something I was going to be able to <laughs> oh, do. Oh,
1: poor Jason. So, yeah. You're Confidence uh, ruined <laughs> at Jingdezhen, <laughs> but it's still, it's a fun experience, it, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe you were just going at it too it, fast.
0: It was, it you was entertaining. You have to calm down. It was entertaining. One thing I've noticed, hmm. I was trying to get there, and we have enough time, thank goodness, is that I have noticed that China has certain things What do you mean? Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Wherever you go, in any city you go to that I've ever been, everywhere in all of China, you have a few things in common with I think city planners have like gotten together and had a conference about this or something. Like Bank of you China? have a walking, <laughs> maybe I don't. know. You have a walking street oh. that's either a night market or a walking street. Like okay, for example, uh, We have here in Beijing
1: promenade. Is there a word? Nanlu
0: oh, okay. I think it's market night market, or, but it's open in the day too. Mm-hmm. So market street. So you have Nanlu Gushang here in Beijing. And a couple other places that are similar. Mm. And then in Shanghai, you have Nanjing Walking Street, Mm -hmm. right? And then in Wuhan, you have, I forget what it's called now, Jianghan Walking Street. And then wherever you go, you have one of these da 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 walking streets in Harbin, in Jilin, in Heilongjiang. Everywhere you go, every major city all over China has a street that you can start on one side and walk to the other, and it may take a couple of hours. And and shops littered with shops Mm. and like, And what are those uh, those outside caterers? You know, like a street Mm. street vendors everywhere, and they're open seven nights a week, seven all day, every day. uh, You know, until like one in the morning or something, and they start at like nine a.m. and they're just. In every major Chinese city, you have this.
1: I, I think, and by, really, really I think by walking street, it means that cars are not allowed so that people are safe walking on these streets. They they can just... Right,
0: yeah. None of these have cars yeah. allowed, although I have seen bicycles. They walk sometimes. and
1: they shop and they don't have to worry about, you know, being run over by cars like, uh,
0: like on right, other streets. Yeah, yeah. It's... It's a zone that is like a street. In fact, a lot of these are literally streets mm. that the cars are just not no longer allowed to go in. Yeah. And you w- just walk and shop and have a lot of fun. And there's people there, thousands. Sometimes in Wuhan, I've seen especially, just like yeah. there's 100,000 people there at night. And it's just, it just goes for several blocks in every direction. And it's like a whole grid network. Everyone's having a great time. And it, it just looks like a party every single night. It's a
1: really nice choice for a- for like an after dinner or after lunch walk. right? You can get some snacks like ice cream mm. and all the other things and you
0: can do everything shop. there. Sometimes there's malls attached to them. Mm. Oh, so you right. can literally like wander off and shop into the mall. watch a movie. Mm eat dinner have a coffee or a tea with your girlfriends or whatever and just walk around take pictures and selfies and like eat snacks it's just so much to do and so it it looks like And there's families and people of all ages elderly people and kids and this is something all chinese cities have which i think is really cool another thing
1: probably the most expensive business district like in any of those cities probably I'm
0: guessing. Mm, I would say no, because here's the thing. Another thing that all Chinese cities have, and and I mean even third and fourth tier cities, is super malls. So in America, we have malls like the Mm -hmm. Embarcadero Mall in San Francisco that's like two or three stories tall. But you guys have like malls Mm. in Beijing, for example, you have like 50 malls that are 12 stories tall like Joy City, Mm. you have uh, Da Mm. So you have three, at least three Da plus a variety of other Wanda malls and all the other brands of malls. And some of the malls, Mm -hmm. like for example, and I want to, this is why I think it's very expensive. In Shidan, Mm -hmm. there are four or five malls. This is a neighborhood in Beijing on the West side. There are four or five malls all lumped together next to each other across the street from each other. And one of those malls, you go inside and there's not a starbucks because starbucks can't afford to be there it's like
2: <laughs> that gucci funny.
0: prada yeah exactly it's like gucci and prada and like all these huge giant lvmh names mm-hmm. i i imagine that has got to be the most expensive real estate like you know in beijing probably because no little no cafe could just get a spot there it's not possible
1: mm. you know anyhow so that's not where i go anymore i I would never i go go to like the local farms farmers market (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. but these are you know there are places for you guys okay uh, if you're super rich, there are places you can go shop. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you don't have that much cash, there are also other nice, very, very nice places, especially when the weather is nice, right? Mm. In the spring and the summertime, mm. um, these walking streets. Yeah. Well, I had a friend Definitely that
0: I, I met. Uh, I've known online for a long time. He came to Beijing recently mm. uh, for his third trip to China. His name is Stephen Weaver. Mm. And I met him in San Tour And we are walking around. And he tells me that he hopes that people who come to China don't go to Stanley Tour. Right. Well, that's not what he means. What he means is go to the kind of places that Bebe was just talking uh. about. Go to like, the, the, the mm-hmm. hutong or like go to like the 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 street vendors where the ch- regular you know
2: alleys
0: mom so and sweet. dad chinese folks mm-hmm. go yeah like streets and don't go to like oh i'm going to xidan i'm going to wukasong mm. i'm going to San tour go to those sure but also just walk down the street and get lost and just go to like <laughs> normal restaurants and normal places right. because that's mm. that's china china isn't sanley tuned Lutun, for Chinese people is an escape from normal life. Like people go there to get away from normality. They were like, "Oh, I mm-hmm. want to go somewhere super bougie, nice shops, but, restaurants." Right. But you know, and, like, more, and, there's so much more to China than these these markets.
1: You know, when I, I'm thinking when we go travel, if you know you you don't have to take your kids along. Um, you can just designate a day in which you just get lost. <laughs> you know, like you don't have a particular destination in mm. mind and you can just wander the
2: streets. Mm.
1: And China is the perfect place to do uh-huh. that because it's safe, uh-huh. like everywhere, uh-huh. day and night. So uh, you don't have to worry about being hurt, but you have to watch out for cars, okay? <laughs> but otherwise, I think it's it's gonna be nice in the city. You know, How far can you wander? How mm. how lost can, can you get? Mm. And then at the end of the day, when you get tired, just uh, get a taxi and tell the driver uh, your hotel or wherever you live. Mm. I think that will be a fun way of exploring a city. Mm right? I mean, after you've been to these, uh, touristy spots, right. Right. And take a
0: day and just wander around the city. Do a variety, variety pack. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do the stuff that you read on what is it like trip.com or something Mm. and then do stuff that's not on that. Right. I think that's going to be really good advice.
1: Yeah. Um, so where else where you you didn't say much about Chongqing it sounds like a fun place
0: Chongqing is famous on Instagram and Twitter because it's so beautiful at night all the orange lights come on and we went to that place and Mm. it's just like you told me because you told me about Chongqing you're at one height and then you walk Mm. through a building and you're at a different height so we went to that big Mm. orange building I forget what it's called right now but it's absolutely amazing it must visit area so we went there by accident almost and then we're at the street level Mm -hmm. where at the top of this it's hard to explain so you we were on a street that would look like it was the normal ground and we walked into the super mall where there were thousands of people shopping and they're like all these goodies and it's like pier 39 in san francisco just full of shops and fun stuff and entertainers Mm -hmm. and people juggling and kids having a good time and then you walked Downstairs, and you walk to the other side, and you look out, and you're, you know. Ten stories high, overlooking right. the river and part of the city, and so one side is the street, and it goes on like so. It's just there are different levels to Chongqing because it's mountains and right. buildings are built into the mountains. So you can literally get in a building, take an elevator to the top, and they'll walk out, and you're on just on the street walking around in a different
1: the bottom way. of something else. Yeah, the bottom of yeah. Something so it's else. hard to it's hard to get where the horizon actually is. Yeah. So I think Chongqing, you know, people know it for its hot pots and yeah. you know delicious mm. food. But also for people who are interested in city planning and architecture mm. and this is a city uh, that one can visit because you don't see this kind of landscape um in, a, in most other places
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
1: how it's how it's feasible and for people who like climbing stairs this is the city
0: for you <laughs> i think you just turned off yeah. half of america
1: <laughs> you're listening to the bridge
0: I want to just, you know, we've we've covered a lot of ground. If you guys want to add to this conversation, talk about where you've traveled or ask questions of Bebe and Jason, Mm. please email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We will read your comments Mm. on the air and we would be happy to get your messages. Thank you so much for your time, listeners. Thank you so much for your time, Bebe.
2: Yes,
1: I was going to say that one other city I want to visit is oh, yeah. Because of this beautiful landscape. It's just it's not like anything else I've seen elsewhere. So I, if you haven't been there, I'm sure you're, you're going to have opportunity in the future. And it's beautiful.
0: Great. Yeah, I yeah. will try.
1: So, OK, thank you so much, Jason. And thank you, our listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye.